Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We are bellying up to the bar today. A little bit of change if you were watching all the advertisements for the week, and there's a little bit of change yesterday. We're going to shout out real quick some love to Heather Jo. Uh, her family reached out to us, said she is sick, so she's not on the show today. But I will say, take your time, look into what she was supporting, was the fact that most hospitals cannot provide proper grief counseling to women that have had pregnancy issues or issues in the hospital once their child has been been born or in her case it was a stillborn situation so please make sure you re- reach out you know show some support it was jace's journals j-a-s-e and then journals with an s at the end of it is uh her social media so please do that but we did get a fairly good substitute a fairly acceptable substitute i'm gonna do my best version of our guest today and see how well I do with doing what he does. And he's really good at it. I think I'm acceptable. I can do a good strip club version. Ooh, I could do the strip club. Ladies, go ahead and get your money together. Cause coming to the stage, he's going to make you see, I think I do a pretty good one. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. You see, but instead of people throwing dollar bills at me, they're like throwing quarters at me to get me, you know, to Slide get credit cards down your ass cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, wow. But here Declined. we go. Here we go. And in this corner, weighing in at a whopping 215 pounds, the thriller from Lark Street. The I can't think of nothing else. <laughs> Fuck it. We're here. Welcome, Mike, the voice of Albany Sports Falvo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that was not a bad introduction. I got to give you credit for that. I appreciate that. What's up, Big Nate's already jumping on with us. That's my brother from back in, in Maryland. So let's go ahead and get get the show, get some house cleaning done so we can get into this. As always, over my right shoulder, for those of you that are watching us, the big silver screen here. Let me slide the mic for a minute. That's my right shoulder. Yep, that's my right shoulder. That's your... Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it's it's a... But the wall looks like children haven't destroyed it. So that's good in my book. Um, but we've got sticker and a cause. So if you've got something you're supporting, you've got your own podcast, you've got your own sporting thing, you've got a charitable organization, whatever it is. If you reach out to us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, they're all the above the bar podcast. Even our email is the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Reach out. Let me know what it is. I'll tell you where to send the sticker to. And then we'll read about it live here on the air and all four of our listeners can go ahead and uh, check it out. <laughs> there may be four, but they're very loyal. They're very loyal for. Uh, now we're actually doing pretty pretty good. The show has definitely grown uh, over time here, but they'll all we'll all hear about it. We'll check it out and we'll see what's going on. So make sure you reach out to us again. Sticker in a cause. And look, if your media still feel feels like it's Harry Carey making it. And you need to go ahead and upgrade that. Make sure you reach out to Media by Dibs. And if you don't know who Harry Carey is, I can't help you. Uh, go ahead and reach out to Media by Dibs. Media by Dibs on Instagram 
and on Facebook. And if you look him up on LinkedIn, it'll say Andrew Dibble. That's D-I-B-B-L-E-S. And let him know, uh, belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a 10% discount and your first uh, consultation is free. I couldn't remember the word consultation. <laughs> like, I don't know why I, I do that here of late. Like it's getting bad for me where it's okay. It's a big word. I know you, I know you have trouble with those I, I and it happens. It, it's, it's tough to he, to he, what are you trying to spell? T H E to he. <laughs> I love that one. So Mr. Mike Falvo. Yes. Welcome sir. to the bar, brother. Pleasure to be here, man. I got to tell you what, I absolutely loved the intro music. It was very nice. It was very calming. Put me in a right frame of mind. Uh, and then I saw your face and that frame of mind went out the window. Um, Shit all over that. <laughs> it's like you said off the air, you know, you got a face for radio, brother. That's all I got to say. Uh, look at it. I mean, but you know what? Now I've, I keep selling my shirts. I even wore this shirt special for you today. Oh, see? Look at that. Ooh, very nice. We've Mine's got, actually in, in the dryer as we speak. <laughs> uh, and, and for those of you that, that can't aren't watching the live, you're listening to this, I've got on my International Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame shirt, which Mike is the media mogul for it. What? I am the director of media relations and social media for the International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So anybody that follows us, any sort of social media that you see that comes across uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, uh, nine times out of ten, it's coming from this noggin right here. So I apologize in advance. Um but yeah, I, I do all the social media and everything for the Internet International Pro Wrestling Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, we have induction is going to be this August. You were there last year, so you yes. kind of saw it firsthand. And all the cool stuff that's going to happen is going to be even better this year. And that's what August twenty sixth, twenty seventh. Yep, the week, the last weekend in August, twenty sixth through the twenty eighth. At the Crown Plaza Albany Desmond Hotel, which is downtown right near the airport. Beautiful hotel. Absolutely gorgeous. If you've never been there, beautiful, beautiful yeah. facility. It's iconic for, it's like really is the, the iconic Albany hotel mm -hmm. because it just, and it's like a small village inside the way it's done. It is. So, it's really cool on the inside. If you've never <laughs> been there, go there, check it out. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're coming into town, you need a place to stay, place to stay. That's the place to go. And see now, and Mike Latuna and, uh, everybody will be nice to us because we, we plugged it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, if everybody remembers me, hopefully it all works out. This is going to be my, my way of, of holding Mike's feet to the fire. We'll be, we're going to be broadcasting from uh, again this year there. That's the plan. We had a blast last year. Hands of stone, Ronnie Garvin oh. still looks like he could whoop your ass. I'll, I'll tell you what, half of the, half of the men and women that were in that room. I mean, last year we had hands of stone. Ronnie Garvin was there. The rock and roll express was there. Uh, you know, Bobby Gibson, Ricky Morton, who are, just two amazing guys. I had the honor to spend a lot of time with them over the weekend and just to hear some of the stories and, you know, some of the road stories that they told and just a lot of the, the inner details of the professional wrestling business coming from those two legends was phenomenal. But we had, you know, we had guys like Bushwhacker Luke was there. Tito Santana was there. Who's a guy I loved watching growing yes. up. Yes. So I had the opportunity to like, it, it was a trip for me because I got to sit at the same table and have dinner with Tito, with a guy I used to watch <laughs> as a kid, that crazy? You know, having dinner with him. And it was just a great experience. And I'm having a brain fart. Um, God, what the hell was her name? 
don't know why my brain's not working today for whatever the reason is. Uh, she lives here locally. She's a photographer, but she was a former WWF women's champion. Um, God, I can't think of her name right now. I know um, who you're talking. I can't think of it either. And but it's she, driving me nuts. And I feel she's bad. from originally from like New Zealand or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And here, this is something important for you right here, Mike. Can you read, can you read that on the screen? Is this Mike look up Falvo? Yes, it is. That is Mike look up <laughs> Carol. That is Mike look up Falvo. Cause they all, for those of you that follow me on social media, I always post a picture when we would go to the lacrosse games of me up in the 200 deck as Mike's, down doing his uh, announcing for the Albany Firewolves, which had a phenomenal first season. They made it to the playoffs. Um, we've already got our season tickets, my son and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got season tickets again for next year. But uh, I would always post the pictures and tag Mike and go, look up. That was that was his way of knowing what his asshole's here. <laughs> and he would always send me – he would send me Facebook messages of the back of my head, which I thought was really weird. But Right. Well, I mean, that's just how I recognized him. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. You know, it's just one of those kind of kind of things. So, this is Mike. Look up Falvo. It uh, is. <laughs> Nate, Nate's already starting. He says, "What's your favorite seafood? Do you like seafood?" Mike, I, Ma- you know what? Nate I, always I, has to ask. I do like seafood. I'm not I, like I'm not a like a fish kind of guy. Like I have to be really in the mood to eat like fish, like a a cod or a haddock or something like that. But you give me like some crab legs or some shrimp or some lobsters and I'm all over it. You got to get but, you some good grouper or something like that. Like, yes. Yeah, see, de- see, you're used to like mass produced, like tilapia shit fish. Like, yeah, you got to get you some like real good, like deep sea fish. Yeah. Like my, like legit good. My, mahi mm-hmm. is like so dense. It's like a, yeah, you can make burgers out of it. I mean, I'll, I'll eat salmon. I love salmon. That's probably my favorite, but, um, like I have to really be in the mood to eat fish. Yeah, no, I get it. So we can talk about all those things, sure. but let's talk about Mike for a minute. So you're originally from the, the capital region. I'm yes, actually, no? I'm originally from Utica. Oh, home of chicken riggies. Oh yeah. Um, mm. chicken riggies. Are, I'm, I'm, I'd have to argue though. Like what's your feeling? Utica, home of the uh, tomato pie, or Philly? Utica. Philly's got the tomato pie, too. Philly. It's Utica, though. It's It's, Utica. Utica has got the best tomato pie because you can go anywhere in Utica, and you can get a piece of tomato pie fresh that day. Sometimes you get it still hot, but I love it when it's... It you know been in the fridge for a couple hours and it's nice and cold. It's one of those foods that you can eat hot or cold, but I love it cold. Same thing with chicken riggies. I prefer cold chicken really? riggies than I do like. And don't get me wrong, like fresh hot chicken riggies is phenomenal. But you give me like chicken riggies next day. Mm. Mwah. I, I will tell you, folks, though, that Utica is an interesting city, and then they have Utica Greens, which is what I like. Oh, yeah. Utica Greens. These are like – it's a small Italian community inside of like West, middle, mid-central New York, Utica, mm-hmm. and they have their own like personal Italian foods that – like I said, Philly's the only other place that I know that does tomato pie, and nobody else does the other stuff. So grew up out in Utica. Mm-hmm. Join the chair force. Had to go I, there. That I see. No. What? No. That's no. What? What did I do? Chair force. 
what what was your uh, what was your favorite flavor of crayon at lunchtime though? I've talked about this a hundred times on the show. This is like the weirdest thing to me. So so the the crayon thing, I retired in 2014. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. It wasn't a it wasn't a Marine Corps thing, right? And then all of a sudden, I was probably out for a couple of years, and I would see these posts like, "Oh, crayon eater," this, that, and the other, and I'm like. I don't, I don't get it. Like, I get it. Like you're an imbecile and you eat crayons, but we just got called shit like idiot, dumb jarhead. (laughs) Like, like we went right to the root of it all. Just you're a fucking idiot jarhead. Aren't you? You know, Ah. when you smile, your heart slows down, huh? You know, just too much activity for the brain all at once. That's like, that's like a rule in the Marines. Wasn't it? You weren't allowed to smile any time of the day. Oh, look, I can tell you for a fact, there was a lot of years. There is not a po- photo with me smiling. People would be like, why ain't you smiling? Take the fucking picture. Just take the picture. Shut up. Take <laughs> Just it. take the picture. <laughs> uh, I mean, boot camp, like boot camp was one of, I actually, my father, when he came, him and my mom came to see me graduate from boot camp, my dad was standing next to me with his hands in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And you'd have thought that I had a bad tick, my eyes like popping around and like, I eventually I was like, dad, take your hand out of your pocket. And my old man was like, what? <laughs> And the girl, the girl, we were at the bank getting like a Navy Fed account, and the girl at the bank just started laughing. She's like, "I get it." It's just a thing. <laughs> yeah. So now, I think this feeds into everything you're doing. Now, what was your MOS? And for those who don't know MOS, it's Military Occupational Specialty. It's what we just called our jobs in the service. We just mm-hmm. called it an MOS. So, what was your MOS? When I first joined the Air Force, I was actually a personnelist. So like if uh, for those of you folks that were not in the military, uh, if you had to reenlist or you were applying for a new duty assignment, like you wanted to go to uh, this base in Arizona or this base in Italy, I was the guy you came to see and I took care of all the paperwork. I was a pencil pusher, what have you. However, when I was stationed in England, um, I was the retraining officer for the base so like say for example uh you were military police and you wanted to come in you wanted a new job in the air force i was the guy you came to see and we did all the paperwork got you set up for training etc etc well i kind of gamed the system a little bit so i got in (laughs) i got into the system because i had always wanted to be a broadcaster in the military so i got into the system and i kind of kept track of when jobs were available for broadcasters well i lucked out because Four positions had come open when it was my time to look for a new job in the Air Force. So I said, oh, man, I got to do this. So I threw caution to the wind. I went to my supervisor and I threw the paperwork in front of him. And I said, hey, look, I want to do this. Let's make it happen. And they made it happen. Uh, I did that from 02 to 06 and then 06 through the rest of my military career, which ended in 2013. I was military broadcaster. I was a, a news Uh, Multimedia journalist is what they're called now. Uh, But back then I was a combat correspondent. So like anybody that was stationed overseas and is familiar with the American Forces Network or AFN, um, anytime you saw AFN news, I was one of those guys. I just I say I gotta get a I want to get a new soundboard because right now I just wish I had that that old ting 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 the old breaking news ticker yeah exactly I wish I just had that right now that would be so perfect so now when you were doing that was was it just 
you know, were you handed copy and told here, read this? Or, I mean, what was like, were you specialized in something? Cause whenever I think of like AFN, I think most of it's very fluff, very here. This is what you're going to say. Like you're not getting hard hitting journalism out of a- AFN or, or was there an end to that where no people could actually go and find real stories? Well, there were times when we could find real stories, but a lot of what we did was um, one of the mottos that stuck with me and it still sticks with me today is we would tell the stories of the military that never got told because a lot of times in the mainstream media, and I'm not knocking knocking mainstream media at all because that's what I did when I got out of the military and some of my close friends um, are news reporters, anchors, and they do very hard work. They work very hard, really good folks. Um, but a lot of what we did was we would go around base and we would find, you know, Airman, Airman Jones, who's, you know, dad spent 30 years in the Air Force. And we told that story of how they both did the same thing. And it was a lot of fluff. It was a lot of warm and fuzzy. Uh, but there were times when things would happen real world, whether it's on base, off base, and we would have to report on it. Um, but a lot of the copy that was given to, well, not given to us because we wrote it like okay. I, I wrote, I edited, I produced, I did all the audio, the video, the videography for it. That was all me. I was a one-stop shop for any story. The only time somebody else got their eyes or their hands on a story was to approve a final script or to approve the final story before distribution. So now so, did you write for other people or just for yourself? Sometimes I'd write for other people. Uh, Nine times out of 10, it was, you know, the individual reporter would write their story. They'd give it to me. I kind of give it a once over as a producer and just say, I mean, it was things like, well, why don't you use this word instead of this word? Why don't you move this detail up here? It'll give it more impact. It'll, it'll help the story flow better or things like that. Um, but it wasn't like somebody would walk up to us with a new story and say, this is what you're going to say. It was never like that. Uh, so it wasn't like when you watch the movies and it's got that very like CIA walking up and going, yo, you're going to read this. Do not worry about anything. This is the news <laughs> for today. And you're like, but I don't, this can't be true. Listen here. This is what you're going to read. Everything is, everything is sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> just go no it, it was never anything okay. it, it, it was never like that i mean a lot of the stories that we produce like you know you see like i said you see in the mainstream media especially with the military a lot of it deals with um for for lack of a better term the dark side of the military you know it's yes. always this happened in afghanistan this happened in iraq or this happened here this happened there uh, a lot of the stories that we told were you know, here are the people behind the scenes that are making the operations happen. You know, everything from the four-star general to the one-stripe airman who's knee-deep in a, you know, in the guts of an F-16 jet. Mm-hmm. You know, a kid come from nowhere and all of a sudden he's working on a $1.2 billion piece of equipment. You know, it was things like that. Well, I, we could hit a rabbit hole because I try to explain that to people all the time. I watched eight. I was an 18, 19 year old kid in charge of hundreds of thousands of, of equipment with a clearance that, you know, could make horrible things happen if I didn't keep my mouth shut or, yeah. you know, you know, and those things happen. And there's, there's mm-hmm. stories of that. 
happening in the service. But yeah, I mean, it, but at the same time, and I also, you know, we hear this more and not getting into the political. And I think I'm curious your feel on this, Mike. I'm always driven nuts by when people are like, yeah, but you're 18, you can join the military. Why can't I do blank? Because when I was 18 in the Marine Corps, I also had a whole group of adults that kept me from setting myself on fire Mm -hmm. that didn't let me touch shit, that there was rules and regulations around it. Yup, I could go do other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could be sent that when I joined the Marine Corps in 94, the federal drinking age was still 18. Mm -hmm. And you you could go on base and go to the go to the uh, E-club. And and still drink at 18 in 1994. I know mm-hmm. that might sound crazy to people that the drinking age had been 21 since damn near what most states were late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, somewhere in there. And on base in 94, it was still 20. It was still 18. So we could drink. Mm-hmm. But I always had a real adults around me. To, yeah. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what your feel is on that, but that's always my vibe when people say, well, I can do this. No, oh, no I, I agree with you 100 percent. And, you know, they, you know, I, I hear that a lot and I agree 100 percent with you. You know, you could be out on a we'll just say out on a firing range, but there's always five, six, seven other people behind you. Like you said, making sure you don't set yourself on fire. You know, they were it was very heavily regulated, as regulated as the United States military can be. And, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, you bring up the drinking. When I was in England in 2002, from 02 to 06, it was around the time when the base had just said, you know, okay, we did have the drinking age at 18. Now it's it's up to 21. Because in England, the, the drinking age is 16 when I was there. It was like, it was, you know, you walk into a bar and you throw your your uh, pounds on the on the bar, the British pound, you know, say, hey, give me a, you know, give me a lager, keep it coming, you know, but you go on base and they're like, no, no, 21. Sorry, kid. That's the age across the country in the U.S. That's how it is here. Because yeah, you're on U.S. soil. I get it, you yeah. know, but that, you know, it's funny you bring up the fire range. Somebody brought that up to me the other day. Well, you know, I was like, do you know when I left the firing range at boot camp, they would walk us to the back of these fields at Paris Island and your drill instructor would make you take all your magazines out of your magazine pouch. You had to strip down to your skivvies, which is your draws folks and no t-shirt on. And a drill instructor would root through everything you had there to make sure there wasn't a round. Yep. So again, folks, Stuff that shit dead in your ass. They they didn't they didn't fool around. It wasn't no. you know yeah. And I never had access to my rifle when I was in the Marine Corps. That shit was locked up, and I didn't want the damn thing because then I'd have had to hang out in a barracks. But so you did that till you said you got out in 2013. Got out 2013. Uh, then moved to Arizona. Spent a year in Phoenix, Arizona, working for a new station out there. Uh, had my daughter was born in Arizona, so came home after that. Uh, to be closer to family. And then I got into the news industry here in the capital region. I moved to Albany. I started working for a couple of local news stations. And then I found my way to the job I have now working for the New York state legislature. And and you do the news with them too, or something, don't you? I'm a media coordinator for the New York state legislature. And essentially what my job is, uh, like if you're a New York state assembly member, 
say from, we'll just say Buffalo. And you're in Albany, but you have to do an interview that needs to get back to your uh, constituents home, constituents or your station. You would come see us and we would conduct that interview with you and you could get that video back to them easily. Uh, but also what we do is we kind of, uh, you know, keep track of the media climate. We kind of keep track of who's reporting what, who they're talking mm -hmm. about, things like that. And it, a lot of it is just for archival purposes. It's not like, you know, we're monitoring, you know, the media to kind of, oh, well, they're wrong and they're doing this, that <laughs> and the other. No, a lot of it was archival because without fail, like a member would conduct an interview at an event and then they would call us up and say hey do you have the video footage for that and we're like why yes we do here you go um so th that's what we do but also anybody who's ever watched the new york state legislative channel which is our version of c-span uh that comes out of my office too so we produce like if you watch a live session or a live hearing i know hearings have been in the news a lot in the last week uh, things like hearings like that, but at the state level, come out of my office. Uh, now, do now I'm just curious because I don't know much about that. So now, say it was a news story, flip it, and it was in Buffalo was the news story. Mm -hmm. Do you guys then say, hey, we need to get a copy of that and keep it here, or is it now? Oh well, it happened up there. It's not a big deal. Nope. Nope. Uh, what we do is we have a system set up. We have, uh, you know, everything is digital now. So we have a digital system set up so that uh, a member of the New York State Legislature is featured or even mentioned in a news story. Our program will pick up on it. Oh, no shit. And it'll automatically record that clip and save it to a folder. And we'll go back and we'll check it out. And, you know, it could be like, you know, Assembly Member Steve Smith or whatever. But <laughs> yeah cut the ribbon on a new cat hotel in Syracuse and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of it is, you know, our busiest times of the year are budget season and end of session. And that's when you get everybody wanting to, you know, talk. So we keep track of all that stuff as well. Yeah. That doesn't sound creepy at all that you guys have a computer program that the mention of someone's name that's been programmed into it automatically starts recording the information that doesn't sound scary one bit no it's 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 along the same lines of like youtube and you know you have uh what do you say youtube and you have the um keywords or whatever right so like if if a member is featured in a story it'll it'll pick up on it and it'll record that section of the newscast i can only imagine the abuse lord commander would have had with that i can only imagine see i didn't say his name I just said, refer to it as Lord Commander. Yeah, because that's the way I call him as Lord Commander. Yeah, I didn't, and I didn't say the Joker either, because we deal with the Joker now. So yeah, and I didn't say nobody name, and you didn't say nothing. This is all me, because this is my bar. I can say whatever the hey, hell I want to say. It's your bar. It's your show, brother. Yep. But so, so you're into this, mm -hmm. and I mean that's some pretty steady work. I mean, yeah. let's call that what it is. I mean, that's steady work, but. You're you're a busy man, Mister Mister Falvo. And for those of you that are watching the live, you'll see scrolling across the bottom here at Mike A Falvo, and that's F A L V O. That's where you can find Mike on social media. If you want to go follow him on Instagram or any see any of the things he's got going on, make sure you're you're go ahead and give him a quick follow. And that's Mike M I K E A is an Apple Falvo F L A F A L V O. Couldn't get that out. 
you know, the, the that empire rise starting to catch up already, but uh, <laughs> make sure you go give Mike a follow, but you do some other extracurriculars here. I do. Um, I, I do sports announcing, PA announcing anybody that has gone to see either, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when the Albany Empire were with the AFL, now they're with the uh, National Arena League, which is a completely different league, the AFL since folded, unfortunately. Um, I was the PA announcer there. I'm now the PA announcer for the Albany Firewolves right here. By the way, you can check them out online, albanyfirewolves.com. You can check out uh, updates from the last season. Get yourself some Albany Firewolves gear. Shameless plug. Hey, look, uh, dude, I'm all about still pissed that they waited till I wanted that black jersey at the beginning. I didn't buy a second jersey. I almost bought a second jersey. I'll tell you what, man, those black jerseys were fire. I love they them. were they were great. I got the burgundy one, which I like. Mm-hmm. But then the black ones came out. I was like, I actually said to the girl, I was like, Can I trade mine in? Like, I'll give you my red one and just give me a black one. Cause I liked the black ones. They were hot. Oh yeah, I loved them. So I do the work with the Albany Firewolves. I announce for the University at Albany here, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's lacrosse. Uh, this will be my second season doing football over at Casey Stadium, which is going to be a blast. I got to take over the last four games last season and just absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I do a lot of that. Uh, ring announcing, cage wars, mixed martial arts. You just uh, had your first cage. Cage match you got to announce too, didn't you? I know why well, refereed my first. Oh, refereed it, then announced it. Refereed it last weekend. That was a trip, man. I got to tell you, that was definitely an experience. You got to be on your heels for that, I imagine. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It it was it, it brought back a lot of my childhood at the very beginning because I mean I grew up in the days when they had that big ugly blue steel cage. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know the one you need a tetanus shot just to look at. Um, <laughs> So it, it was very Mom, similar. My jaw hurts. Yeah, exactly. I can't chew anything all of a sudden. Um, but it it was very reminiscent of that. And anybody that saw my post over the weekend, it was just this big gray monstrosity of a cage. And but it was a great match. Just in case the TIW heavyweight champion wrestling, uh, Mister Must See TV Tyler Vincent. In a steel cage, great match all around. I was in the cage for that, so it was definitely a bucket list item for me. That just sounds like a blast. But how did we? How did you get into? Because I think a lot of us, you know, we joked around at the beginning of the show, and you know, I did my my announcer voice. You know, we've all I joked around when we were putting the post out. We've all at some some point in time done the Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rumble. Oh yeah. We've all done it, but how did you go from, you know, in front of the camera to taking that? Because I, I feel like personally they're, they're very different. I mean, people ask me, well, well, how can you do the podcast? I've been standing on stage and talking to people for a lot of years. Right. Um, you know, when I was a recruiter, nothing scarier than handing a kid a $150,000 giant check for a scholarship in front of the largest high school in the state of Pennsylvania that graduates a thousand kids a year. Yeah. At their award night, giving a kid this and everybody being like, well, why did, what? I didn't know that scholarship. I don't know what to tell you. So, <laughs> and people ask me about this and, but I don't see my audience. Like yeah. nobody's looking at me, just me and you. Mm -hmm. How do you translate that to 
you know, making these announcements, coming up with these these things and, and the different gimmicks and, and whatnot. Dougie. Dougie. Uh, by the way, shout out to Dougie Jameson if he's listening. Uh, he is the brick wall of Pearl Street, the goaltender for the Albany Firewolves. Um, I The funny thing is, I was PA announcing long before I was doing any broadcasting. I started oh, PA really? announce- I started PA announcing my sophomore year of high school. And I was at a girls junior varsity basketball game. It was like a Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, you know, it was like 10 people in the crowd. We were there supporting a friend of ours and guidance counselor gets on a microphone and he says, uh, you know, Hey, our regular announcer couldn't make it today. Who wants to announce the game? My buddy Rob looks at me and he pulled a prank. He's like, he'll do it. And of course, I'm sitting there with a mouthful of popcorn and soda <laughs> and everything. And I'm just like, what? Um, so I announced the game. And a couple of days later, the coach walks up to me and he says, hey, you did a really good job. Do you want to keep doing it for us? And as they say, the rest is history. Now, getting to the level of the Firewolves and the Empire. Different animal. Oh, oh completely different animal. Because... For the Empire, I went through a, a whole audition process. Um, you know, you have to submit uh, an application. You have to submit uh, samples of your work. And then, you know, the higher-ups in the organization look at it. They bring you in for an audition, and you go through all of that. My initial Empire audition was for three people. It was for uh, the team president. The team, I believe it was the CFO, the chief financial officer, and the head of game day operations. And they sat in different parts of the then Times Union Center. And they give you a script and they say, okay, read the script in your best announcer voice. And that's exactly what I did. And I I got the job. What did you have to read? Do you remember? Not word for word, but like one part of it was... We just call them reads. So like if you go to a game at the very beginning of the night, you know, don't forget to check out Joe's Pizza located on the concourse and blah, 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 stuff like that. Uh, Then we'd have to read starting lineups. Then we would have to do a couple of in-game announcements like personal foul number 25, Joe Smith, you know, things like that. Um, But the toughest part was they would give you 30 seconds of ad lib. So it would be like the 30 seconds right before tip off or right before face off when there's really nothing going on and you've got to pump the crowd up to get them ready for what's about to happen. They just told me they're like, you got 30 seconds. The game, this is the situation. Go. And I you had do to come up good with that. Stuff. Yeah. You do good with that. And I had to come up with stuff off the top of my head, but I had to make it 30 seconds. So you have to kind of think in your head, okay, how long have I been talking? And there's like, there's no clock that you can really like for the audition. There's no clock you can look at. So you can't sit back and look at the clock and say, all right, I got 10 seconds left. I got 15 left. You just go and you have to guess in your head. Where that, where that 30 seconds where that is. 30 seconds is. But then I go back to my broadcast training. So I already knew. Oh, you got a clock in your head. I got a clock in my head. I can sit there and say, okay, I've said this many words, this many sentences. So in my head, I'm like, all right, I've already spoken for 15 seconds. I got 15 more. Here's what I can squeeze in. So I automatically had that time. So my broadcast training actually came in to help me during the audition. 
That's wild, man. So, so you were, you now, which was the first one then in, in this area? Was it the U Albany stuff? Was it the Firewolf stuff? Cause when I met you last mm-hmm. year, you were doing the wrestling and you were doing some announcing around mm-hmm. that area. So I know that stuff was, was going on, but what was in this area kind of helped to create you as, and I'm coining this and I don't give a shit what anyone says as the voice of Albany sports. It was actually RPI. RPI men's and women's basketball was what started oh, that's me like, up here not in hockey? the region. No, uh, that that's that's a bucket list item for me. And I've That'd been be talking cool. to the folks at RPI for years about, hey, if you need somebody for hockey, call me. Um, and yeah, I but, hate uh, hockey. Really? I, bro, I didn't grow. I didn't grow up with it. So, like when people, but I do like Shorzy. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. Oh, I have my brother watches it and he loves it. He's a, my brother is a, a squid, by the way. Um, oh, I I was born as part of with semen. I wasn't going to start my career that way. Yeah, uh, but RPI <laughs> basketball was the first one, and that actually happened in a Stewart's. I was with my daughter after work one day. I was in Stewart's here in Troy, and I just looked over on the bulletin board and I saw. You know, do you want to be an announcer for basketball? RPI is looking for this, that, and the other. I called up the coach. No and shit. sometimes that's how it happens. You know, there's that old adage, right place, right time. Had I not gone to Stewart's to get a bag of chips or whatever it was, I probably wouldn't be here today. Bro, that's wild. So it was it was just that simple. Like, oh, I'm going to call. Like, I could look at that Stewart's bulletin board all the time, and I'm like, the hell's on this thing? Yeah, exactly. I just happened to look over and I saw the words PA announcer. And I said to myself, I said, you know, I haven't done this in a couple of years. I really loved it. I really had fun with it. I'm going to give it a try. So I called the coach. We talked for a couple of minutes. I went down. He handed me a microphone and said, here's my starting lineup. Let's hear it. Read the starting lineup. And after I was done, he just looked at me and said, here's what we're paying you. This is when you need to be here. Here's our schedule. <laughs> And I was just like, excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll see you then. Uh, but then after that, I kind of got the bug again because I really loved doing it in high school. And, you know, I, I, I got the bug again. So I said, you know what? Let me see where I can take this. Then Now, I what did your doing... wife say, though? Like, was she like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing yeah, this. Yeah, she was, she, she was supportive. She was she was definitely supportive, um, you know, but it, it takes a lot of time out of the house, you know, and especially when you are doing, you know, we'll say RPI, Albany basketball and football and lacrosse and men's soccer and women's soccer. Um, and then you throw in mixed martial arts once every I will say two or three months, excuse, excuse me, once every two or three months. And then you add in the Albany Firewolves and it's just it's a lot of time away from home. It's a lot of time outside, you know, a lot of time other places. So and do they like to tra- now? do they like to travel with you for a lot of this stuff? Or I know like the MMA stuff would be later in the evening for the kids yeah. and all that. But do they like to travel to a lot of the games or they could care less? Well, just me. Just you. Just me. Oh. Just call me, me up, Mike. Call me up. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. That makes me, makes me sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> oh, Mike. But uh so so I mean, but you it sounds like you had 
you know, to do this, you had real formal training. Obviously, the first time you did it, it was kind of a fluke thing. You know, the coach said, here, you do it, knock it out. But you had some real formal training. If somebody was looking and said, hey, look, I think I've got a good voice. You know, as we mm-hmm. joked around, I got I got a face for radio. Um, if you were somebody was looking to do this, what would be some of the things that you would recommend if they were serious about it? Not just. I'm going to go do it once and then move on. I'm talking like you want to do something like this because I wouldn't have a clue where to start. Right. Uh, The best thing to do is, you know, research what you want to announce. Let's say, for example, you know, you love basketball. You want to announce basketball. Get on YouTube and look at some of the PA announcers from the NBA, from the NCAAs. And I'm lucky enough that I have a handful of friends that are at that level. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm very good friends with a gentleman by the name of Mark Fredo, who is the PA announcer for the Washington wizards. He's a PA announcer for the Washington wizards, New York city football club. I mean, if you've ever seen showtime boxing, you've probably seen the guy. Uh, he's one of the, in my opinion, one of the best NBA announcers out there. I'm, I'm friends with a, a gentleman by the name of Sean Parker. He is the PA announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, I'm friends with the PA announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, it's it's just it's crazy. But you have those outlets there so that like you can say, hey, this situation came up. How do you handle it? How? Oh, well, I would do it this way and announce it this way, that way. Um, but, you know, look at some PA announcers. Look at the way that they announce. Uh, most importantly, you have to find your own style of announcing. So like if you go into, let's just say a mixed martial arts cage and you say, I'm going to be the next Bruce buffer. (laughs) There's only one. There's only one Bruce buffer and be the first you, you know, be, be the first, you know, be the first Sean when you get into the cage, don't get in there and try to be Bruce buffer because a, you're not Bruce Buffer. You're not going to sound like Bruce Buffer. Two, the audience will pick up on that. The crowd will pick up on that, and you will automatically be labeled the Bruce Buffer knockoff. (laughs) And three, if Bruce Buffer hears that you're trying to do the best Bruce Buffer you can, you're in trouble. Is is he one of those kind of guys? You think he would come after somebody over that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know that world at all. Like, is that, a, is that a thing? Like, that's my thing. Why are you trying to do my thing? Kind of a world. That, yes, that would be like me getting into a boxing ring and trying to play off. Let's get ready to rumble. That's that's Michael, Michael Buffer. He's got that. I mean, he legitimately has that trademarked. Oh, really? He's got that trademark copy. That phrase is his. He owns the rights to it. So if I were to get into a boxing ring and start shouting, let's get ready to rumble, I'd get a nice... I'd get a nice little letter in the mail saying, please don't do that anymore <laughs> or we'll, or we will take you to court. So um, yeah, but really the, the best thing that I would say to a young announcer is to do a little bit of research, a research, the game you're going to announce. Cause if you go to a hockey game and you have no knowledge of ice hockey, you're not going to know what a power play is. You're not going to know how many minutes are left in a period or how many, you know, how to, cause then, you know, anybody that follows hockey knows that you announce time elapsed. You don't announce what's left on the clock. Oh, see, I didn't know that. 
yeah, you announce, you know, uh, power play goal five minutes in or whatever. You don't sit there with 1542 left on the clock like I would at a lacrosse game. Right. It's always, you know, goal scored at 530 into the first period. You announce time elapsed as opposed to, you know, with whatever's left on the clock. Oh, well, shit, do- you got to do math then. Exactly. And I'm oh, not shit. good. I'm not good with math. Oh, shit, I ain't doing that. Um, but do your research. That That's the big thing. Do your research. And practice, 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 practice. You can practice at home. You know, I mean, you public speaking. What's one of the best ways you can practice public speaking? In a mirror. Exactly. In a mirror. Do the the same thing at home. Get in front of a mirror. You know, uh, there are days when I'll walk through the house and I'll hold a brush. That's my microphone. Do the kids follow you and and do it? My daughter runs in the other room. (laughs) Daddy, why are you yelling into the brush? Don't worry, I'm practicing. And there she goes, down the hallway. Look at her run. She can't stand it. Dad's just awesome. She she hates it when I do that. I she love it. it. She'll walk into the kitchen. I'll be like, now, coming into the kitchen, weighing 45 pounds. <laughs> and there she at- goes, right to the refrigerator, Opening it up for the 15th time and nothing is different inside. Yeah, exactly. She's going to hate me when she gets back to you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, really the biggest piece of advice that I like to give a lot of young, young announcers is do your research, find your own voice, find your own style of announcing because what works for me will not work for somebody else. Uh, so really that's it. And, you know, reach out network. That's the best way to get a job as an announcer is to network, uh, you know, get to meet a lot of the players, get to meet a lot of the coaches, the coaching staff, even, uh, like if you were to work at a school, the athletic director, the assistant athletic directors, get to know all those folks, get to know everybody that's involved with the team or teams. Now you've got some videos on on your Instagram and again, at mm-hmm. Mike A. Falvo, where you're like, that was one of the first things that you and I ever talked about, which you you were doing, uh, they were almost like reads, like see if you can do this and and doing mm-hmm. those. Um, any value in that you've seen or anyone that's reached out to you and said, hey, I saw your video. I'd like to talk to you about a gig or anything like that. Yes, that has happened quite, that has happened a few times. Um, I actually got a surprise email one day. This was pre-pandemic i want to say maybe six months before the pandemic hit a gentleman by the name of michael c williams he is the cage announcer for bellator mixed martial arts he sent me an email and he said hey i just want to let you know i've seen a lot of your work on youtube i'm very impressed i like what i hear um would you mind if i pass this off to my producers to see if maybe there's a spot for you within bellator To come out and do a little bit of work with us. And we kind of started getting into a lot of that. And then the pandemic hit. Uh, Um, And he still worked very hard to try to get me to come down to, because they, I think at that time they were doing a lot of their shows at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. It's a couple hours away from here. So it wasn't too bad of a drive. Um, And he wanted me to go down and be his backup. And this is when this is when they were kind of really starting to get things back up and running, but everything was in the bubble. So you had to go through all the COVID protocols and the, You're there you know, for the different a week and a half before. Yeah. They th- yeah. 
That um, wasn't happening. Yeah, financially, they just couldn't do it. And, you know, every time he go down, he was negative. So they were just, I would just be there doing nothing. Um, but, I like you know, paid to do nothing, though. I'm into I, it. I know. I mean, I'm into I was, it. I mean, you know, and as watching, far as you're concerned, I was in the Air Force for 12 years. So that's what I did. I mean, well, I mean, look, let me tell you one of my, my first experiences with the Chair Force, my first experience ever. So I was out on the left coast. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I don't know if it was an air guard base or, or what it was for California, but it was kind of interesting. Their hangers were designed for C-130s that they actually, the way the doors closed in the back of them, they had a big cutout of mm-hmm. them so that the tail could stick out. Mm-hmm. So we're out there for, I don't even know what the hell we were out there for. I think we were like WT, like CACs, WTI, or some weapons training thing we were out there for. And we happened to be at their barracks. Actually, God, I wouldn't even been younger than that. Whatever I was out there for, I was young. Right. And they put us up in a barracks room. And I walk in this room. Mike, this bitch had a queen size bed. It had a TV and had its own bathroom. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, did y'all put me in the right place? <laughs> I was a young Marine that was used to sleeping four dudes in a room. Three had regular wall lockers. I had a gray wall locker that had been brought in. Um, physically, at one point in time, we had roaches in our barracks room. And I'm like, what the? Like, bro, I grew up in the city in, in Baltimore like that. I don't play that game. That is, mm-hmm. that is it. And I moved the wall locker. Well, wherever they had brought my wall locker in from, it must have had them. And they nested on like this spot on the wall. You could see the little black eggs. And I had to like scrub the whole wall down. I was like, I'll be damned. Yep. I'm used to living in that. And then all of a sudden, here I am in this like, and they're going, yeah, we're getting, they're closing this base down. I'm like, for what? I'll move here. Y'all, y'all want me to move here? Mm-hmm. Even the E-Club was great. Like the E-Club they had there, uh, I might be showing my age, but do you remember the Coors Light Silver Bullet Wolf? I don't. So Coors Light, right around the same time the movie Stephen King's Silver Bullet came out, mm-hmm. they had an advertising campaign for Coors Light where it was a werewolf and it was catch the silver bullet or something along those lines. Right. And my father, my mother owned a liquor store and a bar. So we had some of the different stuff. Well, there was actually some of these places would get a full size werewolf display. Mm-mm. This E club had one. Oh, no way. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the Coors Light silver bullet. And some of the got older guys that were in the bar were like, how the fuck does this kid know this? I'm like, I explained it. But yeah, and it like that was back when like painter. Do you remember painters caps? Mm-hmm. Are you old enough to remember when they oh, yeah. like Pittsburgh Pirates used to all the whole team wore oh, painters yeah. caps? Yeah. So that was my my Air Force experience, my first one. The other one was when we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I have told this story on the show. Went to go walk off the airfield, off the flight line because we were going somewhere, and I'm like, I went to go walk off, and my CO Colonel Henderson him and like the exo start screaming at me. I'm a sergeant. They're like, Sergeant Murphy, get back. What are you doing? I know. Actually, it might've been a, no, the staff sergeant. They were like, staff sergeant, get back. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What? Don't cross that line. Cross what line? Red line. Well, we don't have that in the Marine Corps. 
it's a fence. It's fenced off. If you walk the airfield, who gives a shit? There's not a mm-hmm. road that just like right next to it. Well, as I'm getting closer, here came two two Air Force MPs coming down the road, like just looking at me. And my mm-hmm. CEO at the time was like, Murph, he's like, they would have jumped this shit out of you. Oh, yeah. Over that. I was like, really? I was like, how stupid is that? Mm-hmm. I was like, if you don't want somebody to, to walk off the flight line, put a fence. I was like, so those were my, I didn't have a ton of Air Force experience. Yeah. I did have the uh, crew chief for um, Air Force One was in my course for uh, my gunnies course, E7 course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in there and then the pilot, the pilot and co-pilot came to his graduation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They, that was kind of neat. We had like, they gave us all like whatever the candy was on Air Force One at the time. They oh, had like. like Usually like a little box of M&Ms or something. Yeah, something like that. You know, we had that going on. But to go back to to what you're doing, now you do like – because I see you do it at at the Albany Firewolves, and I love my Firewolves. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm a fan. My my son Dylan goes with me to all the games. Um, He's my road dog for the games. Uh, And if you're in the Albany area and you want a a good, fun, reasonable night where dad will enjoy it as much as the kids will – because somebody might get punched in the face. <laughs> uh, go to an Albany Firewolves game. And if you've just never watched indoor box lacrosse, I say it all the time. Go ahead and Google uh, or go on YouTube and look up War on the Floor is the name of the video. War on the Floor. Oh, it's... And it's... <laughs> if you've ever wanted classics. to watch... If you've ever wanted to watch a video and then you end up running through a wall like the Kool-Aid man, it's that video. Yes. When it comes to box lacrosse, it's just it's I I was a casual box lacrosse fan when I came into the Firewolves. Like I knew about it. I had seen maybe a game or two here and there. I enjoyed it. You know, I wasn't really super into it. But when you get to sit as close as I do, because I sit right along the boards in between the penalty boxes. So you sit right along the boards and you see everything up close and personal. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It is insane just how fast and intense the game is. And you will become a fan instantly. No question. Now you, you know, you created the, you know, we, we were talking about Dougie. Dougie is our goalie. And every time, you know, there's a save, you do the, the Dougie thing in the who's mm-hmm. house, um, the, the wolf, how, um, mm-hmm. Can I put a suggestion? Can I put a suggestion in the suggestion box? Of course. I need every time we send someone to the penalty box, I need the classic na 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 na. We actually we ran that a couple of games at the end of the game. So like if it was like oh what game? How did I? I never know. How did I miss that? Na 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 na. Hey hey goodbye, and then put them in the penalty box. I think it was against one of our games against Georgia. It was the swarm. Yeah. That was Georgia swarm. And it was a relatively close game, but it got to a point in the fourth quarter or fourth period when they just weren't going to come back. I mean, there was just no, no way. We'll it was, the hell yeah. out of them. I remember oh, that yeah. game. Oh yeah. And, and they're a great team. They're a great team. You I mean, know, God, they have Albany a Thompson legend. on their team. Yeah. You Albany legend, Lyle Thompson plays for them who, uh, if if you have never seen this man play lacrosse, wow! Just he's widely regarded as one of the greatest mm-hmm. in professional lacrosse, and I agree with that. Um, but we, I mean, you know, the the 
the key part of it is keeping the crowd engaged. So, you know, you hear me, Dougie, and that's a whole, and then you hear 7,000 people, Dougie. I love that's it. just a way to get the crowd involved. You get them a part of the game. You make it an entire experience. And that's where myself, the amazing ladies in the Wolfpack come in. The amazing dancers of the of the uh, Firewolves Wolfpack, who are led by Megan Grabowski, a fantastic choreographer. Uh, you know, it's it's all a part of an experience. You're not just going for a game. You're going for an experience. And that's what we try to provide. I love it. I have such a good time with it. Um, now, that kind of brings up my thought, though, is have you tried to hey, – I'm going to throw this in there, and we're going to say this. And after you said it, somebody leaned over and was like, don't ever do that shit again. Or the other side to it where you were like, damn it, that shit sucked. I ain't, I ain't doing that again. Like anything oh, – yeah. like what? Oh, yeah. wh what's one of those stories? Um. And just so you know, Terry from the tickets, from the ticket side of, of the uh, Firewolf, you know, Terry, mm -hmm. I, I sent him a text and told him you're on here. He hasn't responded. Oh, thanks for that, by the way. I was like, um, I was like, I was like, Terry, I got your announcer. Come watch it on YouTube. He's so. probably watching right now. Hi, Terry. You're my favorite. Um, he got me my good seat. So we love Terry. <laughs> Terry's a great guy. Well, Terry he reached out to me because they're, they're switching the sections around this year. Yeah. So the 200 ring. They're closing the whole 200 ring except for, I, I don't know what you want to call them, like the pit seats in the 200. Mm -hmm. So he knows that that's where I like to sit because I'm short and I can't see everything. Right. And he was like, he he reached out. This is how great those guys are over there. He reached out to me personally and was like, hey, Murph, they're going to close your section. Yeah. Where would you like to sit at? I'm like, can I keep somewhere near there? I have to be able to take pictures at the back of Mike's head. And send them to him. Wait, you did not really say that to him, did you? No. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> but it, how great would that have been? Like, I that would have been fantastic. I, God, Terry, I got to take pictures of the back of Mike's head. It'll fuck the whole game up. It'll, I'll be breaking tradition, and then what's we're gonna lose? Yeah. But no, he 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 was like, "No, nah, we can work something." Out. And he was able yeah. to get me, and actually, what is probably a better seat per se, and just great a bunch of guys. But but I'm back to what I, my question. Yeah. So what was something that either somebody told you don't ever do that again? Or you were like, yeah, that I can't do that one. There was a game this year um, and we had a large group of VIPs were at the game and I kind of, it was a game when I was like really excited and I was really into the game and I just, I wouldn't shut up <laughs> through the game. You probably remember the game that I'm talking about. It was like, but you're, you're a talker. Oh, I, I am. I am. Um, but I went through the whole game and the, the beautiful part about working with the firewalls is that um, I'll do a game and then usually the next day I'll get some notes, you know, just say, Hey, you know, just want to let you know, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. We want to try this. We maybe want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, I got a long text message from the boss <laughs> and I, I i love him to death his name is george manius great guy george is a great guy i love working with him and he sent me you know he sent me a text he's like 
yeah, you need to tone it back next game. It was a bit much, and this is what we noticed. We want to try this, this, and this. You know, maybe dial back on this, this, and this. Um, but there have been, like, I, I would maybe, something would happen, I'd make a comment, and I'd expect to hear maybe a laugh or a chuckle, and I get nothing, and I'm like, all right, that's not going to work. Um, or <laughs> I would make a joke. Yeah, this make is it, for you, man. Hold on, this is for you. Right That's here right. makes me feel good right here. Yeah. Um, or I would get on my little headset and I would talk to the game the person running game day ops. Her name is Caroline Perry. And I would tell her, I'd say, Hey, uh, I'm thinking of saying this. And she'd be like, No, just no, <laughs> just no, just don't. Um, is she the blonde the, the blonde haired lady you introduced me to? Sits behind you. Possibly. There was like a yes. you introduced me to somebody that was like a a, a blonde that was sitting behind yes. you. Yes, that was Caroline. Very nice that person. Was, oh yeah, Caroline's awesome. Caroline is awesome. Um, she's the head of game day ops for the firewall. So like everything that happens through the course of the game, like all the stuff that happens, the t-shirt toss and the timeouts, she organizes all that. She gets all that stuff set up, and she's, in my opinion, one of the hardest working people in Albany sports. Um, and I've told her that before and she's just absolutely amazing at what she does, but there are times when she's like, yeah, let's give it a try. Like the whole thing with the wave that I started doing. The wave is always classic. Oh yeah. It's fun. Some people hate it, but, um, Did you hear about the, uh, Pollock that died at the stadium? No. Drowned in the wave. Oh my God. That's like, that's a great dad joke, but that's such a dad joke. I love it. <laughs> but you know, no, there there have been times when uh, you know little phrases have worked, others haven't. Some things I'll try, some things I won't. Uh, a lo- some of it is trial and error. But you know, you go back to the old. You know, I like to call them old faithful. You know, another save by Dougie. I wanted to yell it Dougie. right back to. You. I was about to almost say it. Like, yeah. It, it, it's definitely a classic thing, but it, I guess it kind of came up to me because when we had, I think it was Buffalo when they came down, their fan base is probably one of the best fan bases I've seen in box lacrosse. And they had their own set of phrasing when things happen. Oh yeah. Like the they Buffalo, were. The Buffalo fans travel extremely well. The Buffalo bandits of the national lacrosse league are one of the premier teams in the league next to us. The Albany Firewolves? Of course. Um, but the Buffalo Bandits, thank you. Uh, the, if you've never seen a Buffalo Bandits game, they play in the same arena as the Buffalo Sabres, and they bring in just as many fans. Really? It's you that see, big up there. I mean, they're they're right now in the hunt for the championship right now, I believe. It's them and uh, Colorado. And I didn't think Colorado was that good. We played them. No, we didn't. The Mammoth? No, we didn't. I thought we played them at home. We did not play Colorado this year. Oh, okay. Um, but the Buffalo fans, they came, I mean, two, 3,000 deep. Yeah, I mean, they, they had whole sections. They had flags orange and black wigs and the whole nine it was fantastic but it was the first time where i would ever throw something out to the crowd and the opposing fans would answer me back they they were into it they had their own thing 
Oh, th- th- there was a point during that game where I was going back and forth with the fan with the Buffalo fans. Because I would funny. say something and they would yell across the arena. And of course it was all in good fun. I mean, oh, I, yeah, ran, we had a great I ran time. into Oh yeah, I ran into a couple of the fans after the game and, and you know, heading to my car and you know, they came up to me, Oh, you know, it was a great we had a great time. You're a great announcer. We really enjoyed it. But you know, at the and same they slash your tires and yeah, they slashed my tires and you know, I took apart <laughs> my car. Stole my lunch money the whole nine. Give my um, lunch money back. It's bullshit. But a, a lot of when you ad lib, a lot of it is trial and error. Some things are going to work. Some things are not going to work. And you just have to make mental notes of it. Dude, I, you do an amazing job with it. You really do. So what's the so what's the next thing where uh, people can look and say, hey, you know, Mike's going to be announcing if they wanted to see you announce mm-hmm. or, or just go to an event. I mean, you you do some pretty amazing events, like I said. What's the next thing we got coming up? I have a couple of events coming up. Uh, July 2nd, I'm scheduled to be out in Buffalo for Mixed Martial Arts. I have an event out there, and I'll have there will be more information on my Facebook page for that very soon. But at the end of July, July 22nd and 23rd at the Capitol Center in Albany is Mike Tyson's Fight Night. You've seen me post about it. It's yeah. going to be two nights. Uh, night one is boxing. Night two. Pardon me. Night two is mixed martial arts. The man himself, Iron Mike Tyson, is scheduled to be there on commentary. So he will be home in the capital region for two nights. That's going to be with Cage Wars. Uh, Tickets are on sale now. So get online, get your tickets. They're going to go quick. It's going to be at the Albany Capital Center July 22nd and 23rd. And then after that, UAlbany College Football kicks off. In between then, I've got some wrestling coming up. I've got Immortal Championship Wrestling July 16th. That is going to be, let me see if I can remember, in Schenectady at the YMCA. I'm sorry, Boys and Girls Club in Schenectady. That's going to be a great event. Those events are always fun, always exciting to go to. Um, I'll be doing some work with New York Championship Wrestling later on in the year. But uh, in the very immediate future, July 2nd, I've got Mixed Martial Arts out in Buffalo. July 16th, I've got Immortal Championship Wrestling in Schenectady. July 22nd and 23rd, I'll be at the Capitol Center in Albany for Mike Tyson's Fight Night. And then after that, college football season, baby. I'll be at Casey Stadium for you, Albany, all through the winter. Then it's college basketball season. So it, it just it doesn't stop. Wow. Now, the Mike Tyson one, is that like the one that was on TV, I guess probably last year or year before where it was like they might box and a couple other people box, but it was like legends. It really probably shouldn't have been in the ring anymore. Or is this more up and comers? This is going to be a lot of up and comers. You're going to see a lot of local fighters, a lot of local mixed martial arts fighters. Some of the, in my opinion, some of the best fighters in the Northeast are going to be going, are going to be going to head to head pro mixed martial arts you're going to see some of these guys making their pro debuts you're going to see some of these guys who maybe have three or four pro fights under their belt it's going to be a great weekend of fights pro boxing pro mixed martial arts you're going to see a lot of local talent a lot of talent from across the northeast we even bring in uh we'll bring in some guys from canada we'll come down hey and it's hey um you know we i i have a a friend of mine who is from Canada and I always say she used to run the maple syrup circuit. Um, but <laughs> it, it's, it's great. Cause you get to see a lot of the young local talent get in there, 
fight and they're great fights. They're great fights. And these guys train these guys and men and women, they train extremely hard. I give them nothing but respect for what they do. Yeah. I would, I, that might be one I might check out. Cause I have, I love boxing. I've always loved boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been out to out there. What is it? Uh, Kenestota mm-hmm. for the uh, hall of fame, which we just had hall of fame weekend. It's the first week in week in June is uh boxing hall of fame week. And they have the weekend and everybody comes out there. So I might do that because I've never been to a live boxing match. Actually, I'll take it back. I, I watched uh, the Marine Corps boxing team okay. uh, fight, all, the All-Mar team. So mm-hmm. I have to decide, MMA or, or the other one. Mm-hmm. Now you got me thinking. Both. Maybe I know somebody I can talk to about that. Both. If only I, you knew somebody. If only I knew somebody. <laughs> it might, might be something I, I, I could talk to somebody about. <laughs> so... But as we always do out here, brother, we're going to get yeah. ready to close the bar up, put the stool stools away and do all those kind of things. And we know where Mike is. And as I tell everyone, if you want to reach out to us, it's the Above the Bar podcast on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Um, our email is the Above the Bar podcast. Remember, sticker in a cause. If you got something, send, send me a message on any of those. Follow us. Even got a TikTok. The Above the Bar podcast TikTok, which I think my TikToks are pretty funny. I just found this. Did you see my most recent one? No, I haven't. I'm going to have to check it out now. I, are, is, is this you like doing all the silly little TikTok trends, doing no. all the little dances? Why not? Because, well, first off, I tore my ACL, MCL, and uh, meniscus about three or four weeks ago. Uh, Sunday will be four weeks, so I'm not dancing to shit. Um, but I like doing the videos and then stitching at the end of the video and then talking about whatever we got going on. Mm. But I did one the other day, yesterday, dude, this girl, like she's a bodybuilder and she was doing that thing where they break their, break the watermelon with their thighs. And she cracks this watermelon with her thighs and the noise she makes of pure happiness. When this thing cracked, I'm like, I could never, and it, like I tried to reproduce that sound because she <laughs> she makes like you'll have to just go watch. I'll go watch it. <laughs> go watch it because I laugh so hard at this. I'm, I'm gonna like, definitely have to go watch that later. And, and I like I watched the whole like it was one of these ones like I watched the whole video, and it was like, oh and she can't get it to crack, and she's trying, and she's trying, and then when she finally does at the end of the video, it's just this pure joy squeal. But when she cracks it the whole watermelon just splashes all over the floor. I laugh so hard. But yeah. See, I look at it this way. I, I'm a dad, so I look at it this way. Like, she'll crack open the watermelon. I'll be like, see, now you got to clean up that mess. And I mean, come on. Thank you. What's the point? Why? <laughs> now you got to mop the floor, pick up the watermelon. and It's going to be fucking sticky right there. This is bullshit. <sighs> yeah, that's when the dad and me kicks in. And I'm like, see, now you got to clean up this yeah, mess. Well, you couldn't do this shit outside? You couldn't yeah. do this outside? Exactly. And now I'm going to deal with this. Get the, the get the dog away from it. Get the dog. Oh, I look, you and I, that's that parent mode where you're like can can at my house it's the juice box plastic wrapper from like the juice boxes. Oh you know the God. straw the straw is on the outside. My son will get a juice box and I'll walk through the kitchen I'll be like fuck is there why, why is this on the floor? I didn't do it. You're the only one in this house that drinks those. They're disgusting. You're the only one. I didn't do it. Five years old. Yeah. 
My Bitch, daughter, you get up here. Mm. My, my daughter is famous for looking at me and saying, "You put that there." I'm like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> and then you start to believe it. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, did, did I, I have a did I have a Capri Sun today? No, like like I hate those things, but maybe I did. I'm not gonna lie, I, I love a good Capri Sun every Do day. Do you? Oh, I can't, bro. I, oh yeah. I as a matter can't. of fact, I got a I got a box of Kool Aid. What do they call them? The Kool Aid jammers. Oh, jammers. Yep. Like we well, know what one, it is. I got one of those calling my name when we're done. I I can't do the I can't do the uh the fake sugar is what it is. Yeah, I can't. So well, we're gonna close the bar. Do not log off after this. You and I uh, got a couple of things to just go over real quick. Sure. But as we always do on every single one of these shows, uh, the guest always gets the last word. So what is the last word, Mike? Well, the last word is I want to thank everybody who has supported me on this journey uh, behind, I, I call it my journey behind the mic, you know, all my friends, family, everybody who's helped me along the way, the folks at the Albany Firewolves, the folks with the Albany Empire of the Arena Football League, uh, and, you know, just all the folks here in the Capital Region that have supported me, obviously, my family, my friends, you know, everybody who's come up to me and given me a kind word of support. I really appreciate it. Even uh, the small handful of people that have come up to me and told me I was terrible. Thank you for that inspiration. Thank you for that motivation, which that has happened before. Um, but I, you know, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's ever been there and supported me along the way and feel free if anybody ever has any questions for me about how I got started or if they're thinking of getting involved, shoot me a message. I, I love reaching out and talking to the fans. I love reaching out and talking to folks about announcing about sports, you know, just feel free to reach out. I'm there. Uh, but you know, ultimately I just want to say thank you to everybody who's ever supported me in, in this journey, all the way from my se- my sophomore year of high school up to, you know, was like a month ago, the end of the firewall season. All righty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.